welcome to another episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. Uh, today I have an incredible guest. Uh, she's an author. She's a podcaster, and she's a paranormal detective. Uh, give a warm welcome to Eleanor Wagner. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, it's a. I'm intrigued to talk to you because uh, you have you 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 have you have so many things going on, right? From the podcast to to writing books, uh, and I just I just. I don't know where to start. So I'm going to start by asking you, what inspired you to, 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 to become this paranormal detective researcher, just intrigued with paranormal, paranormal activity? I've been a writer since I was a kid and uh, learned to read just like everybody did when they were in kindergarten and was hooked. And all the books that I went for were ghost stories. Wow. But there's no story that better than a real ghost story and I lived, was haunted as a child I had a ghost living in the shop that I owned in Sussex County where I now live wow. and whenever I go to visit Cape May which is my favorite place in New Jersey I always buy the latest book on the hauntings in the area so when I was writing my second book which is a psychological thriller I took a turn and decided to write about true account hauntings because I've had my own personal experiences and I know my town is haunted. Every town is haunted, right? Yeah. So I put it out on social media and said, hey, people, does anybody want to share their story with me? It might end up in my book. And that's how I started to get the stories that I put into the books that I've written. And with it just became just came this whole new career because my children are full grown and now I'm writing pretty much all the time. I mean, I work in kindergarten during the day, but when I come home, I'm writing my stories and people started reaching out to me and saying, do you have a paranormal team? Can you bring them to my house? Can you bring them to my business? I have this going on. We have this video to show you and so on and so on. And before I knew wow. it, we were scheduling paranormal investigations pretty much every weekend since 2019. Wow. That's first of all, congrats, because that's a, a major accomplishment from writing to be to just, just wow. Right. Like what were the, the, I want to say the ghosts or the 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 spirits that were living in your house growing up were they nice? Were they uh, aggressive? Like were they traumatizing? Did it affect you in a certain way? It was just one ghost, and it was a male ghost. And at the time, I was seven years old and terrified, terrified beyond measure because wow. here I am, this seven year old kid had no clue what was going on. My parents. We're not really into the paranormal. Uh, they were these immigrants who were hardworking people and just never really talked about that kind of thing. So when I would tell mom that I was being frightened by what I was seeing, she would say, oh, it was just a dream. And I don't hold it against her because mm -hmm. she really didn't know anything about it. Right. It wasn't as if she understood that I was seeing spirits and that she was going to nurture it. Like I see a lot of people that I interview nowadays the situations are very different with the people that nurture their children compared to those that don't. And I was one of those that mom just said, oh, it was a nightmare. And, you know, I was also experiencing um, premonitions when I was a kid, too. Mm. I would have premonitions about things that would happen in dreams, and then they would happen. And mom would say, oh, it was just a dream. And then what happened? I'll say, mom, I told you I dreamt about that. And one time I had a dream about something really awful. 
And it was actually a nightmare, obviously. And mom said, oh, it was just a dream. Don't worry about it. And then it ended up happening. And that freaked me out. So I kind of like shut down, shut down. I um, moved myself into the basement when my sister got married. So I never saw that that male spirit again. And because he only stayed on the main floor and I, I shut myself down as far as anything was concerned. So I didn't want to have anything to do with it. It wasn't until I started to get older that I realized, okay, that spirit was just trying to get my attention and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And if I could go back to that home now and and say, spirit, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry I wasn't listening, but I can't because that I don't live in that home anymore. Right. Yes. That's really what they want. They just they they just want acknowledgement. They're trying to get your attention because they have something to say. So I, I started to learn that as I got older. But as far as my gift was concerned, the day my dad died, when he came to me and let me know that he was gone, that was kind of a reawakening moment for me. That was kind of like an aha moment. Oh my gosh. You know, his dad not only trying to tell me he's gone and that he's okay, but is he trying to explain to me that I've got something going on because not everybody can see their deceased yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. you know, like there's there's something going on here so that that was when I realized I really need to educate myself about paranormal and and as much as I love ghost stories I really need to find out what it is that's special about me and maybe use it for the betterment of others and so it was then when I was 30 that I really started to educate myself about these special things that people can accomplish. I'm not nearly as gifted as any anyone on my paranormal team, but I do have special gifts. And I'm sure my shutting it down all those years ago had a little bit to do with why it's not as advanced as other people's is. But you know, every everybody's place happens in its own time. Right. And I feel like, okay, it, it may have been meant to happen this late in life, but it's happening and I'm doing what I can with it. And so when I started to write that true account haunting book, that's when I realized, all right, that I'm doing what I really need to do. I'm helping spirit to get acknowledged. I'm telling their story. When we do investigations, I'm helping those residents to understand what's going on in their home because we do try to to get the spirit to go into the light, but that doesn't always work. They don't always want to leave. And so if they don't want to leave, we have to really try and help those people that are living in the home and the spirit to, to live peacefully and usually works in getting that homeowner to at least acknowledge the spirits there and make them feel like they're a part of the home that originally belonged to them in the first place. Right. You know, what's, you know, what's ironic. I would, I had a, a guest name, um, uh, Daniel Jackson, he's a spiritual medium. Yes, and, I know um, Daniel. Yes, he's an incredible yes. guy. Um, and yeah. He was saying the same thing that they're just trying to find mm-hmm. the light and some of them tend to be lost or right. they just haven't accepted that it's time for him to go. Yes. Ooh, and and some of them, some of them don't want to go. I mean, we did my, my paranormal team and I, we did an investigation in the Sterling Hill mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. And you got to know there were hundreds of lives that were lost in mining accidents over the years, wow. but it's a brotherhood there. They're all there together. A lot of it's residual. They're working day in and day out like they did in life, but there's still that brotherhood there. And when we were doing our investigation, you had, supervisors and miners that were working trying to explain to us what it is that happened to them at their time of death which was 
amazing. In fact, we got such good footage from that particular investigation that it was featured on Paranormal Court on camera for an episode from some of the evidence that we had gotten from that investigation. But where I was going with this is they, we wanted to try and get them into the light. Now in a certain, in certain situations, you can usually move some of them on. Like you can, if there's Mm -hmm. a group of say a a train wreck, let's say you can get a lot of them to move on and some just want to stay behind for whatever reason. In this particular instance, though, Many of them would have gone into the light. They stayed behind because others didn't, and they didn't want to leave their brothers behind. So spirits have their, their, their certain reasons for doing certain things. And you got to understand that's the decision that they've made and try and deal with it. Now, I never got a really bad feeling at all in the minds. It was a great camaraderie. It was just a love of each other. It was it was a great feeling, but they all wanted to just stay there doing their thing. Whereas in other situations, when you can get a spirit to move into the light, then it's really a good thing. Sometimes they're hesitant to go in. We did an investigation one time in a small little shop in Lafayette, New Jersey, and we discovered there was a spirit of an older man and a young child. And the reason why they were kind of like bound together at this point in death is because they both had something in common. They were both ostracized by society. The child had been ostracized because he had, um, he had uh, epilepsy and he grew up in like the 1800s, the Victorian era. If, a child was born with something like that. They were stigmatized. And most of the time families would hide them like up in the attic and not even bring them out into society. And this young child ended up dying. I don't know if he died from the epilepsy or if he succumbed to some disease or ailment that happened in that time frame. whatever it was, he died young and found this older man spirit who also lived in that building at one point in time. And now this older man was kind of taking care of this young boy. He took his own life by suicide because he was a gay Catholic and he was ostracized by society. So he was afraid to go into the light because he was afraid he was going to be unaccepted. Because of suicide. And that it was, yeah. So, and, and because he was a gay Catholic, that religious, you know, how mm-hmm. religion has a that. It, no, it, especially it, back in it, that it's era. Got that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really it, it, it people have this religious guilt. And we <clears> were <throat> so saddened as a group just to have to have this happen. So we we you know we said prayers for him and we explained to him that you know there is no judgment in the light. You don't you may have been judged here on earth but that's humanity doing that to you. You don't have to worry about being judged in the light. You you can you need to have no fear going into the light and when we left there, we weren't sure if we had convinced him to take the young boy with him into the light, but we'd gone back to that particular building several times over a course of time. So we did go back again a month or so later, and uh, we're always getting new spirits because they do travel in ta- towns that are very active. And um, he did. They moved on into light. So I was glad that we actually had succeeded in helping him and the young boy to understand that they would be accepted and not treated the way they were on Earth. 
but you do have situations like that and they and people do have attachments um they're worried about their families and they don't realize their families are, are dead and have moved on and waiting there for them they're still looking for them here or if somebody dies dies tragically that's that's terrible too because a lot of times if they die tragically they don't even know that they're gone and it takes a paranormal investigator to say hey you know this is 2021 and you are deceased i'm sorry to have to give that news to you we had we had an incident one time too where we were, we were investigating an antique shop and you get a lot of stuff in an antique shop because they're bringing in mm-hmm. furniture that's got attachments and it's it's really fun because you do get a lot of a lot of activity that way but in this one particular instance we were talking to all the spirits that were there and the mediums at the time noticed that there was a young new spirit there that was kind of uh, observing what we were doing in the background. And they knew that he was from present day because he was wearing a baseball cap and he had some sort of a Jersey on. And, and I was the only one that was at that particular investigation that lived in the general area. The mediums that were with me that day kind of lived in other outside counties mm-hmm. and came from a distance. And I knew that not too long before our investigation, there was a young kid that was killed in a tragic farming accident. And I mean, I knew his name and nobody else did. And when she was asking him questions and describing him to me, the way she described me, because I knew what he looked like. I'd seen his pictures in the newspaper and he looked exactly like he was in the newspaper and that's when it kind of clicked in my head you get these pieces of the puzzle that get put together it's almost like they're implanted there and and so i just i just say what comes to me even if it doesn't pan out in the end i'm going to say it because you, you never know important that little bit of what you say is to whatever investigation that you've got going on so when she was talking all these things out and i the thought came into my mind about the young man who passed away i asked are you so-and-so? And she immediately responded. He said, yes. And I said, oh my goodness. And I, we were all women there that night. And I explained to them, I said, I think this young man is the young man who passed away tragically a couple of weeks ago. And he responded to the name that I know him to be. I think it's him. And I think he doesn't know he's dead. So we had the responsibility at that point to explain to him that he was deceased and and he was like really concerned about his his mom and his girlfriend and we had to explain to him that they're okay they're fine and they will be fine and it's okay for you to go into that light um but i i got to tell you there was not a dry eye in the room that night because we were all women all mothers with young children and we were hysterical having to tell this teenage boy that he was gone and he had to go into the light. So it was really, it was sad and poignant all at the same time that we were able to help him. But just to have to deal with that was just very emotionally draining. But you do get into situations like that where you have spirits that just don't know what's happened to them. And some of them have been there for a really long time. Like we were lucky that we were able to help him because it just had happened imagine if Mm. he'd been in that state of affair for years and years and years and not even known can't even imagine you have children that die tragically in an accident we did an investigation at the rockport train wreck where a lot of children died with emigrants that were going back to their country and they died in this this train crash and um, we had a child that was still looking for her mother 
And um, in that instance, we felt like the mom had already moved on and she was still looking for mom. So you, when you get into situations like that, you try and help them to move into the light and explain to them. Because that happened in 1925, that particular train wreck. Wow. So wow. you try to explain to the child that if you go into the light, mom, mom's there. She's waiting for you, but that's where you got to go. So it's it's really hard when you have situations like that if they don't listen, if they don't understand. Children, children spirits are afraid, too. They're hesitant and afraid. So it's hard sometimes. Yeah, I can, I can begin to to imagine. Um, what are some things you can debunk uh, from doing what you do? Because, you know, you see these TV shows and where oh, we're uh, ghost hunters, and, and you know, it sounds what you're doing it sounds totally different than what these shows provide or trying to do. I can tell you, I've had personal experience with a New York director when he was trying to, um, he, we, we had filmed, my group, the Lady Ghostbusters, filmed a sizzle reel to try and get a television program. And one of the things he did explain to us is that it's entertainment and that if we weren't able to unearth anything paranormal, they'd probably have to make it up. And we weren't crazy about that because we don't want to make up anything. We we know that there's stuff that does happen. So what we did in our sizzle reel was we 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 went back to a location that we've been to several times that we knew was very active, and we recreated what we had happened to us on a prior incident. But then other stuffs happened anyway so mm. we were we were good to go it wasn't like because <laughs> we we did not feel comfortable with lying to the public like we want you to know that this is a reality that this happens but it also doesn't happen as quickly and as much as they say i mean you can go to an investigation and you can be there for six hours and have nothing happen. you might have to go back to a location two three times before something happens wow. but then you can be so lucky like we were in the mines and have tons of things happen well it's just very unpredictable and i look at it very differently than these programs are that they, they, they kind of just want to show you the ghosts and show you that this happens but i'm all about helping the spirit and helping the people who are being affected by the spirit and also all of us mentoring each other so you just mentioned how do you debunk something well we always try to debunk something and get an, another answer to it. And if we can't, then we know something's going on. But a lot of the time when we're all together, there's usually six, seven of us together yeah. at one time, we're all sensitive to a certain degree. And as I mentioned, I'm not nearly as talented as some of the people on my team. They can see, hear, and speak right off because they've been experiencing this for 40 years and nurturing it since they were kids. And so when we're all together, this positive energy that you have, everyone has a piece of the puzzle that fits together. Mm. And somehow we end up getting to the root of a situation. But when you say debunk, if you're in a particular area and your equipment is going off, that's usually the thing that you want to debunk first. Is there an energy source other than a spirit? Is there an electrical source somewhere that might be activating? Is there a phone close by that might be causing it? You want to do that. But 
if you're standing there and your equipment's going off and I get my poofy feeling where I feel like I'm drunk and I'm off balance, if that's happening to me and somebody else is saying, oh, I see something in the corner and somebody else has got the camera going and saying, oh, I'm picking something up on the camera. It can't all be a debunk when it's all happening at the same time. Correct, correct. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm feeling something, somebody else is feeling something, something's coming up on the camera and all the equipment's going crazy. Then you know you got something. So if you go back and you look at your photographs or you go back and you look at the footage on your camera and you picked up on something and you know that that was at the same time that everybody was feeling weird or getting something, then you know that it was definitely something, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. In your in your research and your you know doing what you do, have you ever come across like helped solve a case or something like that? I wish. I, I really do wish. I mean, we've had situations where we've been able to get a name and connect it to a location and that was really cool that you got a name and you actually found out that that person actually mm-hmm. lived in that location at one point. That that's very cool. See, the the thing of it is I, I'm writing these these stories for my books. Mm. So when we go on an investigation, it's ultimately going to end up being a chapter in one of my books. When we go to a location, 90% of the time, I've already spoken to the business owner or the homeowner because I've reached out to them or they reached out to me and we're sharing stories. So I already know 90% of the time what's going on in the location before we go to it. But I never disclose that information to the members of my team. They don't want to know. And I don't want them to know because we want to be able to corroborate everything afterwards. So if they start seeing and experiencing things that I already know about, I can say, I already knew that you Mm. didn't, but it's happening. So it's, it's kind of like, it's a win-win for me because I, I, it's more affirmation. Oh my goodness. I already knew that. And you didn't, and it's happening, that kind of thing. And it's great when you get a name, and then you then you find out after that the person whose name that you got was actually a former resident. One time we did an investigation in, in a home that was formerly a tavern, and we found out the gentleman's last name was Hoyt, and the house that they lived in was Hoyt's Tavern back in the 1800s. And then we ended up going down to the cemetery that same night and found his grave, which was really, really cool. <laughs> and that kind of happens every now and again when we're at a location somebody will come through and we'll get a name and we'll the power of modern modern technology now you mm. could just get your phone out and google a name and then we'll find out oh my goodness you know joe schmo really lived here he was here go look and then then we can go to the cemetery and actually find his grave so i like when that happens but no i've never actually helped in a particular case uh we had a, a situation here last year or the year before a young man disappeared the closest I ever came to it was taking a walk with my daughter in a vicinity where um and it just kind of it just happened we saw police there and it came into my head geez I wonder if it's that young man that they found don't ask me why I thought that but it just came into my head I wonder if they found that young man's body and it, 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 there would be no reason for me to really think about that deal. It was just, we were on this trail walking and we saw the police and it just popped into my head. And ironically enough, that afternoon, 
one of the people on my team at the time messages me and she goes, they found that kid's body and it was located oh. over by blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just said to my daughter when we were walking, I wonder if they're there. They found that kid's body and that's what it was. And he wasn't even near that location, to be honest with you. He was somewhere oh. totally different. So that that's what made it even worse. So that's the closest I ever came to doing something like that, which was which was kind of cool because if if that's something that I can learn more about, I would love to to be able to help that way. And then I had another another incident where I um I wrote a story in my last book called Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena. It's about this young girl. They call her Princess Doe. She was found deceased in a cemetery, and they were not able to find out her identity and the town ended up burying her right at that location and they put a beautiful memorial up for her this was a 40 year old case that had been unsolved and the only thing that I did in that instance was I wrote about it in my book because I wanted to bring exposure to the story but uh, this last July that cold case was solved by the the police using genetic DNA They were able to find out exactly who she was and were able to give her family in Long Island closure that she was deceased and that she had been found back in the 80s. And they were able to arrest the man who killed her finally. Wow. Found out who he was, which was amazing. And so what I did is I updated that in my book so that the readers could know that even though her ghost was haunting the cemetery and this is what happened. She can now rest in peace because they finally identified her and caught her killer. So those, those were kind of the only, the closest I've come to helping in any kind of cases, if I helped at all, but it was, Uh, it was very interesting story. I mean, but it's, it's most, it's most than what people actually do. You know, at least, at least, you know, this is something you're, very passionate about, very honest about, and you have no, there's no gains, right? Your only gains is that no. it's closer, right? Yes. And, and that's most than what a lot of people do. A, a, a lot of people will sit there and just mind their business or would even have, will will throw their hands up. Ah, that's, at least it's not me. Or they'll video it and show it on TikTok. Yeah. That's like, going oh, on and, and not, yeah. and not, and not do anything about helping whatever's going on. That really ticks me off when that happens. Yeah. When people are bidding. So why aren't you helping that person? Or why aren't you helping that animal? Why are you just watching it in, uh, unfold and not doing anything about it? So you can get your views on your channel. It really stinks yeah. when people do that. Yeah. And the reason I ask is because, the, you know, like Netflix just released uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Series. Oh, yeah. Heard about that. And it, yeah. it really, it's really like you know, <laughs> fucked up my head a little bit because it's it's That's hard. Really it's crazy. It's, it's horrible. And like, you, there's individuals like yourself that that dedicate their life trying to help these spirits. And like, I could just imagine how many spirits like those are lost. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. You know. That, did you that watch the about... program? Did you I get did. a chance to watch uh, it? I, so... I did. Did they show, because I haven't seen it yet, did they show the part where one of the young men victims uh, was able to escape the apartment and run to try and get help? And Jeffrey said, oh, it's just my boyfriend and we had an argument and they released him back into his custody. The the 14-year-old boy. 
Can you imagine when I hear that this guy got out and away and they gave him back to this crazed lunatic just kills me. It just kills me. And all of those. He was the little brother of one of the victims that occurred previous to that. Oh, wow. He was living with his grand. He first started living with his grandmother. Uh, and he brought a boy home and he escaped. Uh, his older, his younger brother one day uh, was at the liquor store, apparently in the show. Right. And he brought him back to the house because he said that you, he's paying money and his family's struggling. So I just it's it, you get it's unfortunate. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. I just can't believe that people lived in that apartment mm-hmm. and didn't didn't suspect it. I mean, I think I I think I would have been common sense something something's yeah. amiss something's going on like i could not stand by and not get to the root of the problem but I you just... know what it is there there was uh throughout the show there's this one the neighbor or uh his his neighbor at the time that was actually doing stuff and getting people but because it's a, it's a it's it's the ghetto it's the hood it, it's you mm-hmm. know uh poverty not nobody especially in that time which is i think it's around like where uh like uh <clears throat> Jesse Jackson riots and all this were going on. Um, nobody really cared, honestly. Mm. So that's why, like, when the cops saw the kid and said, "Oh, that's your boyfriend," you know, they were they. I don't know the correct term to it, but they they were against gay people. Mm. So, like in the in the scene, the guy says, "We're gonna give him back," and I gotta go take a shower because this this is disgusting. Wow! I literally wow. set that up in the scene. And um, it's, it's just it, it grinds. I grind my teeth out. How, how, I, how I, I I I can't can't even can't even. Yeah, it's uh just very unfortunate that we live. We had to live in that time, and this this I'm not gonna disclose too much of it. But this a point is one of the victims that is is gonna break your heart. Really? Yeah. Because he actually liked the guy. Oh. He actually liked him generally. Wow. <sighs> and, it's, you know, it's just, I don't, you know, it's, they do these shows and, and it's it's like, I'm not sure they just, they're just always trying to make a profit out of them. Mm-hmm. Or really just trying to unmask what we are as people sometimes. And I wonder if it's going to change, though. I wonder if it's going to change people. I don't know. I, I, I would. My daughter and I were just talking something. It, it, I know it's a, a different theme, but yeah, we were okay, watching television yesterday, and this commercial came on about saving elephants. And I'm an elephant person. I have elephant tattoos, elephants on my thing. I love elephants. Nice. I love all animals, but you already know. Yes. But I have a, a special attachment to elephants, and this commercial is really really powerful i mean you watch these beautiful majestic animals and then you see them with their babies and then they show you how they're killed and then they show you the ivory bracelets that people use and how those babies are left to die because their mothers have been taken from them just for their ivory and it kills me and i I, i've spoken to people in the past who have said i don't want to watch that 
you know, if you're going to put stuff like that on your Facebook, I'm not going to be your friend. Well, then don't be my friend because you know what? You need to watch something like this. You need to be aware of stuff like this so that we can make changes that things like this don't happen anymore. I can't imagine a world without elephants. And that's what it's coming to. We're having a world of suffering of animals and children because people just don't care and don't want to do anything about it. And it's disgusting. So, you know, as much as I didn't want to watch that commercial, I need to watch it because I need to be reminded that this does happen and that there are people out there that do these things and we need to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. You know, and just, you know, not just elephants, any other animal, uh, people. Absolutely. You know, it just, yes. You know, one thing can open a door to so many things. Absolutely. And absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just very unfortunate. Uh, because, you know, as I don't know, like me, like I'm, I'm still 30s. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's once you become a parent, you start seeing things differently. Right. But, you know, the way things are going now is just, it's, it, you know, I said this a bunch, but it's very, it's becoming very unfortunate. My two daughters say to me, mom, I don't know if I want to have kids and I can't, I mean, I would love to be a grandma, yeah. but I can, I can totally understand why they wouldn't want to have kids because it's a really scary world that we're yeah. growing up in. Really you know, scary world. I, I I resonate I resonate a lot with the with the young boy who telling the story of how they ostracize him from society, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I I have an autistic son, you know. He's nonverbal. Mm-hmm. You know, every day is a challenge, and you know I've I've gone out with him, hang out, and I see how people, you know, look react. At yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. even family members. This is why I've I've become a disattached uh, mm. with him. Um his little cousins as well, they don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I and that's that's a learned experience too, because mm-hmm. children I, I work in kindergarten, yeah. children don't they don't differentiate no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. In fact, m- most of the time, children will embrace that autistic child and try and befriend them and make them feel like a part. It's the adults yes. who influence. Yes. It's yes. the adults who make them react. That's a learned experience. And it's really sad because if you just allow those children to be children, you would learn a lot. You really would. Yes. Um, yes, 100%. You know, I was... Last week, literally, I, I went to take my son to his, his primary doctor's, which is a building uh, specialized for children with needs. Mm-hmm. And, I, and one of the uh, customer service representative uh, started talking to a security guard and my son was having a meltdown. And my wife took him to the restroom to try to calm him down, play with the water. And mm-hmm. but they didn't know that I was there. So I, I literally heard how they were criticizing my son. Really, and these are supposed to be professional people that work, mm-hmm. and this environment created for them. Did you say anything? I sure did said something. Good, good, because I I would too. Good for you. Good for you. I would have said something too because I can't stand back and let that go without having something said. So you know, I I resonate so much with that little boy and in, in, in your story, mm. and you know, 
took a lot not not for me to tear up but it, it was you know it's it's amazing what you're doing because you know i grew up in puerto rico right i grew up in in small town not a lot of hope and i grew up with a lot of these exactly what you describe as spirits a lot and mm. you know i nobody would explain it to me like i grew up mm-hmm. for a, a very I think I want to say until like I was like 13, maybe 14. Like every time I, I, I went to sleep, I felt somebody coming over me and laying right next to me. Okay. So you're sensitive to spirit then too. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, the chills, that coldness, uh, somebody, you know, feeling somebody's like caressing you in a type of way. Uh-huh. So for me, like when I hear people talking about it, they, they, you know, quickly get frightened scary you know some halloween stuff going on right yeah and i i i I stay quiet because for me i feel like it was normal there was nobody there who educated me and you know i never felt in danger i just you know like honestly i was like i was shook my shoulders like what's up man and and keep it it moving and keep it moving you know because i grew up i grew up with my grandparents so i grew up with a certain values and a lot of within the community were older you know like if somebody passes away we can't play music for a week due to respect Mm -hmm. and all that right and so i you know i i i get 100 i i can empathize and understand what you go through on these in these in these situations Mm -hmm. which is it's it's amazing because it's not with you know, the media will tell you like, oh, we're going to hold this ghost. And they're basically trying to irritate them and get her. And there's proof. And they're I, evil. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. That really is upsetting when that happens. Yes. When they antagonize spirit, it just really rubs me the wrong way. There's no reason for it. I mean, I'm not going to say that there aren't angry and mean spirits out there because there are. I mean, if if they were not nice in life, they're not nice in death. That's just the way it is. But you do get spirits that are very frustrated because they're trying to get you to recognize them. They're trying to get your attention. And if you're not listening or you're not able to hear or see, that's going to frustrate them. So they're going to do things to try and get your attention, knock things over, move things around. I mean, you you are going to have mischievous little ghosts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. too every now and then. But for the most part, they're they're trying to get your attention and that i'm sure frustration comes with it if they are not able to succeed in what they're trying to do yes are they like are they like do you know or is is there any like type of uh like differential from different spirits like is there oh this must be a a mysterious spirit oh this must be you know like type of spirits or just it's depending on the just the person. Not not the way not the one I'm aware of. It's just the person's personality. I mean, we've had children that are mischievous because they're trying to be playful and because they're kids. And then you've had mean grumpy old men that didn't want you in their place. And they were <laughs> mean and grumpy because they were mean and grumpy in life. You know, I mean I haven't fortunately I haven't had the experience of dealing with anything really nasty. I mean, I've had mean, angry, but not really nasty um stuff and usually if something mean is there um 
it would be taken care of by somebody who is in my group that's been doing this for like 40 or so years. The one time we had an occasion where we had what is called an elemental, which was really strange. We were in a home and there was a spirit there that we were trying to communicate with. And this elemental thing came in that wouldn't let the spirit communicate with us. And when I say elemental, because I'm really still just learning about these mm. elementals myself, but it was, it gave the appearance of, it was a young boy, but you could tell it was not a young boy and you can tell that it was never human. And that's what they call elemental. Wow. Where, where is it? I have no clue. It's the first time I've ever dealt like that before. And so now the more I learn about paranormal, the more I'm understanding that there are levels and dimensions and a lot more out there that, that we don't even know about, that we're not aware of or understand. So, and I'm in my very early learning stages of figuring mm-hmm. out all this stuff. We started so late. But as long as I know that I'm in the right direction and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, then I'm okay. I mean, I don't have, have to know everything. Do I like to listen and learn? Yeah. Do I want to educate myself? I'm a sponge when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I don't have to know everything. I just want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Got it. Got it. Talk to me a little bit about your podcast. What what, what can uh, they find? What do you what's what what are some things you guys talk about there? Well, I have two. The very first one that just had its one year anniversary is called Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Thank You, Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World, which is out of the Paranormal UK Radio Network, and I kind of. I've brought guests on the show that I've written about in my books before. I've brought on people that just want to talk about strange and scary. We've talked about ghosts and near-death experiences, true accounts, um, reincarnation, psychic, you know, all sorts of scary things are what I usually have as themes and topics on that show. And then this past April, I started Eleanor Wagner's Creepin' It Real, which is out of the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network streamed right through my Eleanor Wagner YouTube channel. And that one, I have conversations with paranormal groups from around the world and around the country. And they come on the show and bring evidence with them that they've unearthed on investigations in places that they've investigated. And so we'll have the location and a little history background, and then they'll talk about what, what happened when they were on their investigations. And then if they have audio or video footage or photographic, photographic evidence, we'll present that on the podcast because it does come through as a video as well. So people can listen, but they can actually view it too and see the nice. evidence that we share very with cool, the public very cool have you ever got approached somebody i'm sorry to ask you this question but it's like have you ever got an approach <laughs> to like uh just a random person approaching and be like yeah you don't want to go go through that rabbit hole no no i think i think everybody is pretty much very supportive if anything, you get people that are doubtful, that don't believe, that try and dismiss you kind of yeah, thing. And, yeah. and and those people, I really don't, I don't really have time for those people because you have your thing. You can do your own thing. I'm still going to do what I want to do. If you don't believe me, that's fine. You don't have to. I really don't care. 
So you do have people that try and, um, it's okay to be a skeptic. I'm fine with that, but people who just immediately dismiss yeah. you, I have no time, I can't, I have no I, time for them. Yeah, I can imagine you. You from time to time, you you you'll find some a hole because, uh, like I said, oh, I was yeah. talking to like uh, Daniel Jackson, and he he said himself like, "There's there's you know a holes out there." <laughs> Absolutely, and believe it or not, there's there's soap opera there's soap opera drama in the paranormal world too. You find <laughs> it in in, in re- regular life, it's in the paranormal world too. I'm just I'm happy. Like right now, we have this really core group that I have um, um together, and we all really gel and mesh very well. Yeah. And there hasn't there hasn't been any drama recently. So knock on wood, because. It could be like high school, and I, I'm in my fifties already. I don't want to do high school shit. No yeah, like, I, I no get it. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So we, we're, we're, we're a bunch of old people that just want to hang and help ghosts. That what we, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the fact that you guys do it like in small towns. I feel like small towns have the most potential for everything. And you know what? They're not. They're not investigated to the core like these are places that nobody i had one reader once say to me well i don't know any of these places and i'm thinking well why do you want to know them don't you want to learn about someplace new why do you want to hear about all the old stuff that's been around let's talk about something that you haven't heard about yet somebody's house that's from the 1800s that's active and i find that those are the places that we have more things mm-hmm. happen at than places that you would go to that are constantly investigated by different groups over and over and over again. I just feel like the the, the unknown ones that are new that are coming out are, are far more interesting, I think. And mm-hmm. everybody likes a good ghost story. I, I, I can't say enough about that. What from from all from since the moment you started, right? To present time, mm-hmm. is there any any favorite story or encounter you've you've actually encountered that's like this is the one has topped it all or just they're all just special they're all special they really are i mean every single one of them has something to it that's very special to my heart but that very first one that i did with the group when pat when the lady ghostbusters team was established at the ogdensburg mines that one sits probably higher up on the pedestal because it was the very first one and we got such great evidence and we were featured on tv with that particular that particular evidence that we unearthed and a lot of stuff happened and it really happened it really happened and i was there i can attest to it so um that probably sits the highest on 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 the list for me but every single investigation we do warrants something that i leave with that affects me in a certain way i think i I think just i think just able to actually experience experience it right the moment and you continue to experience those moments as you continue to investigate and learn learn new things and find new things it's it's that right there it's it's the icing on the cake Mm -hmm. it's great when you're actually getting a response and then when you get that response and you hear it on your recorder and and you're like did that person just say no? Did you just hear no? Or did you did you hear that? And then we have to play it over because we we don't even trust what we've heard. And then we then we hear it again. Oh my God, it really did respond. Did that it's a male spirit and he really did respond. 
And that's that's cool when that happens because we we didn't make it up. It, it wasn't one of us. And and when that happens, then it does happen a lot. It's really a lot of fun. It's cool right. because you you feel you realize that you've yeah. actually communicated. Is there any like uh, scenario that you encounter like there's a person with an animal, like a companion or something like that? Yeah, we had an investigation in a, a private residence, and we connected with the elderly grandfather and his deceased dog. And wow. and you had do you have animals? Do you have animals yourself? Uh no. Okay, no. so I have three dogs, and each one of my dogs has a distinctive voice, a distinctive bark. So I will recognize them if they're around the corner of my house and I hear a bark and I'll know which dog it is. So you can recognize your dog just like you can recognize your your family members. Yes, correct. Yeah. So when we got this gentleman on on audio, his voice and the dog bark. The family was just astounded. They were they started crying. They were just like, "Oh my God, that's him!" And that's his dog. I don't remember what the dog's name was. Let's just that was Barky. You know, he has that's his bark. I know that's him. And it was really wild because they were hoping that he was the one. Well, at least one of the spirits that were around them in their home turned out it was. Is it something on our EVP and his dog barked too? So we that they were together. Wow, that's <laughs> in awesome. their life. That's there's beautiful. a distinct difference. There's a distinct difference, Dio, between a, a ghost that's uh, on this plane and not moving on, and a deceased loved one. Deceased loved ones, those are spiritual visits from them. They come and go. They they're up in heaven and they can come back and forth anytime that they want, which is really, really? neat. So when you ha- when you feel like you have a presence of one of your loved ones, you don't think they're stuck because they're not. They're coming to visit you and they're sending us signs all the time to let us know that they're there and they're okay. And that's kind of what I also use when I'm talking to a spirit. I say to them, if you go into the light, you can come back here anytime you want to. But if you don't go into the light, you're stuck here. And a lot of the time that helps them to move on but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they don't want to move on. But those spiritual visits from loved ones are really wonderful. And they were hoping that their grandpa was with them. They had a feeling it was him. And when we got him on the audio, it was just amazing. And so, yeah, we do have people with their pets. <laughs> that's awesome. That's 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 awesome. I, I, that's just awesome. That's beautiful. So I've had a lot of animals over the years and I'm hoping that when I go to the gates someday, all of them will come running over to me. That's what, that's what I'm hoping that when I go, they're all going to be waiting there for me. That's beautiful. Does, how, how does your family support you in this? They're really, really good about it. I mean, my, both my daughters are sensitive to a degree. My older one is more receptive to learning about it. My younger one's a little fearful. She's come on a couple of investigations with me and she's had her jacket pulled and her hair pulled. And she's like, no, 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 no. So she's not, she's resistant while the older one is, is receptive to learning. And they're both very supportive and helpful to me in everything that I do. My husband, I call him my believer disbeliever because he (laughs) believes but he doesn't want to admit it but he's very very supportive of what i do so i'm I'm blessed that they let me go on my little ghost hunts and do my thing (laughs) has he like has you read your books like like have you had the conversation uh about stories and like what's his his feedback does he like does he stay astonished but like okay like but yet still 
Like <laughs> he's uh... he's not he's not a reader, but we have talked about the stories in the book. Uh, we've talked about instances because my my dad's come to me, my mom's come to me, he's come to me, and you know his thing is like, well, why does my mother come to me? And I'm like, because you don't like to listen, you don't believe, <laughs> but you, you you want her to come to you. See see what I mean? Like he's a believer disbeliever. If she came to him, then he'd believe. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So he he's kind of like on that cusp there. He believes, but he doesn't want to admit it. Um, and he's come on a couple investigations, but it's not his thing. So he, but yeah. he's fine with me doing it. So that's the main thing. But it's probably <laughs> it's probably scared and just doesn't want to <laughs> show it. Probably, I remember. The, I remember the first time I told him, my dad came to our house, and, and it was when I was holding my daughter, and I was rocking her like a mommy and me moment with the lights dimmed, and we were just having that special moment. And my dad came. And at first I thought the house was on fire. I didn't realize that this smoky mist was my dad until I realized wow. it. I thought the house was on fire. I get up and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, it, it's not. It was my dad. It was the strangest thing that happened. And then I went down and I told my husband and my husband's like, do you think maybe we should call the priest in tomorrow to come in and bless the house? I'm like, wow. are you kidding me? You, you exercise my dad. That was my dad. You know, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So that's what I mean. The believer, disbeliever. He'll bring in a priest to bless the house because he felt like a spirit was there. And it was my dad. So. That was yeah. amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, Eleanor, it's been an honor talking to you. I had a blast. Um, before we go. I did too. Yeah, it's an honor. I, so it was, it was an amazing conversation. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, before we go, please let the people know where they can find you. They can find me at authoreleanorwagner.com. A-U-T-H-O-R-E-L-E-A-N-O-R-W-A-G-N-E-R.com. Everything is there. They can go right to the website and they can find the galleries to look at all the photos and the videos and the connections to my books and the podcasts. It's all right there. Boom. Go go check her out. Go find her. Go support her. Go buy her book. Uh, go check her out on her podcast. Uh, Eleanor, once again, thank you for joining me. It's been an honor. I had a blast. Um, and and keep helping, keep helping these, these lost spirits. They need the help. At least you're doing something. And that makes me happy. Well, too. Have a good night. Me too. <laughs>